reading from the book of James. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, spiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. The word of the Lord. Well, good morning again and happy new year. For those who are new with us, my name is Cody Quinn. I'm the pastor of Students and Connections here at One Fellowship, and it's an honor to be able to open the new year um, from the pulpit and to be able to share the message this morning. And so you'll see my title on the screen. It says, Bring to Life. Bring to Life. And so what we're going to talk about, as you just heard from uh, James, is this concept of wisdom. What is wisdom? What does it look like? How can we live in wisdom? Because I believe if we live in wisdom and we live out of wisdom, then we will bring life to our life. And uh, we'll, see, we'll see life clearly and we'll see life in fullness. And so before we dive into that, as usual, let's dive into one more word of prayer. Um, so bow your heads with me. Jesus, we thank you so much for today. All glory and honors is yours Um, God, I just pray that my words would be your words and uh, that your words would cut us to the heart and help us to be more and more like you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So first off, let me ask you guys to think about a situation in your life where things were going smoothly, a time of enjoyment in your life. Think about a moment, find a moment, use your imagination if you have to. That may be for you, it may have been around Christmas, you and your family around the Christmas tree opening presents. Maybe that was chaotic for you, but maybe it was an enjoyable moment for you. Maybe that was back in your past when you received a promotion at your job or in some area of your life and things were just looking up, things were good. Maybe it was when you're a kid, you have this moment in your, in your head when you're a kid, you got mud up to your knees, you and your best buds are just outside playing, uh, and you're, you're waiting for the evening to end. You're having a good time. What is a time where things were going smoothly for you? Now think about what comes next, right? Where, when's a moment in your life where you had to make a decision, where a change occurred and you have to make a choice, you have to make a decision, you have to respond to something, whether big or small, maybe it's a good choice, a bad, a, a bad choice, Maybe it's even deciding between two good things. Think about a time when you had to make a decision. Maybe going back to our example, you're celebrating Christmas with your family and you receive a call from work and you have to decide, you have to respond in a way of, hey, do I take this call? Do I respond to this call and leave this moment with my family and and leave this moment and to, to go to the job and to take care of business that provides for this family? to make this lifestyle happen? Or do I uh, stay here in this moment, in this this present moment, 
and live with the potential fallout of what it means not to take the call or not to respond? How would you decide? What choice would you make? Maybe the promotion we talked about earlier came with some strings attached. You'll get this promotion if you make this deal, if you support this person, if you support this agenda. What would you decide? A promotion is a good thing, right? Take the benefits of the promotion, try to navigate all the strings that are attached, or stay true to yourself and be who God has called you to be. Or maybe the promotion meant leaving town, leaving the team that you're accustomed to, this family, this community that you had built. Maybe it's an invitation to leave and go start a new adventure. What do you decide? How do you make the right choice? Or maybe you're the kid with the mud up to the knees, right? With your best buds around your side. And the street lights have popped on and you're like, do I go home like mom said? Or do I stay out and play a little longer? That was my rule when I was growing up. When the street lights popped on, you had to be home. You see, life is full of decisions from start to end, from five years old to 95 years old. We're always making choices. We're always responding to different things in life. Some decisions are huge. You know that it's going to have a major impact. Others are smaller and you think no one will see or no one will be impacted. Some decisions, some choices are directly for you. They're only going to impact you and and others are directly going to impact others in your life. Sometimes you even have to make decisions and choices and respond to things that you were were not expecting. Unexpected things happen. We're accustomed to that these days, whether it's pandemic whether it's death in the family, sickness, a job opportunity, a child on the way, or maybe another negative pregnancy test. We're we're, we're always responding. We're always choosing. We're always deciding. The question is, how do we do that well? How do we live life well? How can we get it right more often than we get it wrong? How can we honor God well in life that has so many ups, so many downs, so many opportunities all in between. My argument today, and I believe the Christ-centered argument, which you've heard, is by living a life of wisdom, is fully living this life of wisdom, which brings us to our big idea this morning, which is wisdom brings clarity and fullness to life. Wisdom brings clarity and fullness to life. So what is wisdom? I'll let Tim Keller tell you guys what wisdom is. Here's how Tim Keller um, presents wisdom. He says, the main word for wisdom in Proverbs, which is hakma, I think that's it. Hakma, H-O-K-M-A, includes being moral, but it goes beyond that. It is making the right choice, even when there are no clear moral laws telling you explicitly what to do. Some decisions require only knowledge, like the proper medicine to take. Some only compliance to rules, like whether to commit adultery or not. But no Bible verse will tell you who to marry, which job to take, whether to move or to stay put. Yet a wrong decision could be disastrous. 
Our mission today, my mission today, is we're here to discover what life of wisdom, once obtained, looks like. So as we look at wisdom, as we look at a life lived in wisdom or lived out of wisdom, we'll use our passage in James to kind of set the stage, and then we'll be in Proverbs um, throughout the sermon. So let's dive into James again. I want to reread our passage for us. James chapter 3, starting in verse 13. It says this, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So as you listen to me read that, maybe you're following along in your Bible, what stood out to you? What stands out to you regarding wisdom? For me, I see the lack of wisdom and true wisdom kind of pitted against one another. You see what living without wisdom looks like. It looks like bitterness, jealousy, selfishness, pride, lying, deceitfulness. Would those terms, would those characteristics be true to anything in your life going on or those around you? Yet true wisdom looks like this. First, it's pure, it's peaceful, gentle, open to reason, merciful, good fruits, impartial, it's sincere and honest, which leads to this harvest of righteousness or godliness. Imagine life if everyone lived with that gospel wisdom, if everyone was living in peace, if everyone was living with sincerity and honesty, that would be awesome. But this list that shows us wisdom that we see here is it's less about do's and don'ts. You don't really see commands here. You see more characteristics. You see, wisdom's not a list of rules. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's more characteristics. Wisdom looks a lot like a person. Wisdom looks a lot like Jesus. It looks a lot like the character that we hear all throughout Scripture that talks about and displays God. See, the God of the Bible is all of those traits that are listed as this outcome of living in wisdom. And so this takes us to our first point of the day when we talk about wisdom. Where does it come from? Where does it come from? Wisdom comes from God. So we're going to jump to Proverbs here. Proverbs chapter 2. We'll read verses 1 through 6 a little later. But Proverbs 2, 6 reads this. For the Lord gives wisdom. Very simple. For the Lord gives wisdom. So let me ask you again, what does wisdom look like to you? Or maybe better yet, who does wisdom look like? When you think of wise, who comes to mind? Gandalf, maybe, from Lord of the Rings. You got some Dumbledore in there, you know, big, tall, big gray-bearded guys. Maybe it's Yoda, 
Yoda thrown in there, a pretty wise one. Or maybe the ancient one from Dr. Strange, the, the bald lady that helps Dr. Strange access all of who he is. Or maybe it's someone you know. Maybe it's a grandparent, a mentor, a boss, a pastor, someone in your life that has helped you, that has led you. You see, although movie characters and even real people in our lives can share wisdom, true wisdom comes from a single source, and that's God. It was God's idea from the beginning, and he wove it into the fabric of the world that he created. You see, when people begin tapping into wisdom, whether Christian or non-Christian, they're tapping into the very character of God, whether they realize it or not. That's just the way he designed things to work in this world. In a devotional on wisdom, Tim Keller says this about wisdom as well. He says, I have learned that wisdom is only a byproduct of wanting something more than wisdom, to see God. Aim at knowing you, and you get wisdom thrown in. Aim, at just, aim just at wisdom in order to be successful, and you get neither. So as we seek to make wise choices, to live a life of wisdom this year, may we seek to know the Lord deeper and deeper than ever before. Which takes us to point two. Point one, wisdom comes from God. Point two, wisdom should be pursued. Wisdom should be pursued. As I'm reading Proverbs 2, you'll, you'll see a list of words on the screen. Attentive, incline, call out, seek, search. Listen for these words and hear this pursuit for wisdom. Proverbs 2 says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Did you hear it? Did you hear those words? Obtain to obtain wisdom, attentive, incline, call out, seek, search. Does this describe your pursuit in life? When you're trying to make decisions, when you're trying to respond to different circumstances or does your life look more haphazard? Just going through, making the next decision as it comes, not giving much thought. Or as someone after first service came and talked to me after service said, it's this idea of daily deposits maybe, of how some things in life take these daily deposits that'll build up over time and you'll make wise choices. But that takes intention. Are you living life intentionally? to intentionally live wise. If we want peace, if we want gentleness, if we want our life to display honesty and good fruits, we need to tap in to wisdom. So the big question this year as we head into 2022 is will you live by wisdom? Will you take on that pursuit? Will you take on, will you take on that journey? Are the choices you make in the coming days going to be wise ones? Big or small, 
Are your choices gonna lead to that peace and sincerity that we read about or will your life look more selfish? Will it look more greedy, more prideful, more deceitful as you continue to live? My challenge for you today and our challenge and myself included is to pursue this wisdom. It's to grasp this wisdom that God is giving. So how can we apply this today? What can we pursue? I think there's three areas of life that we need to pursue wisdom. First, we need to pursue wisdom in our relationships. We need to pursue wisdom in our words, and we need to pursue wisdom in how we spend our time. So quickly going through these three relationships. Proverbs 13.20 says this, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. As, as the student's pastor here, I always, we, always get to, we always start talking about, guys, who are you surrounding yourself with? This idea that who you surround yourself with is who you'll become. It's gonna greatly influence who you are as a person. And so who are you surrounding yourself with? And it's super true for students, but it's the same for adults. Whoever you spend the most time with is who, that's who's shaping you and who you're going to be. Whether it's your neighbors, whether it's your friends, your coworkers, or maybe it's someone in here in a dating relationship, we need to be cautious with who we surround ourselves with. Craig Rochelle, the pastor of Life Church, the church that started the YouVersion Bible app, he has this saying of, show me your top five friends or the top five people you spend the most time with, and I'll show you your future. The people you surround yourself shapes who you are. If you walk with the wise, you will become wise. But as Proverbs says, if you're a companion of fools, you will suffer harm. And we've seen that. You've probably seen that play out. You can think of situations where you're with the wrong crowd or you knew what the wrong crowd was doing and it led to things that were not very good. So let's pursue wisdom in our relationships and who we spend time with this year. Words, we need to pursue wisdom in how we use our words. Proverbs 18, 20 to 21 says this, wise words satisfy like a good meal. Just think about your favorite meal. I'm thinking about Lewis barbecue right now. Brisket. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. You've all heard this, right? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. We all know that the last part is not true. We don't know why people tell us that, but words hurt. You're, there's probably some of you, if not all of you, sitting in here who's still hurting or still wounded by something someone said to you or something someone said over you. Words hurt. They often hurt longer and worse than any physical harm that could come. Maybe it was a parent, something that a parent said to you. Maybe it was something your boss, a partner, or someone else. You see, our words matter more than we realize. We don't need to be careless when we're talking. Choose your words carefully when speaking to those around you, especially your children and your spouse. Sometimes, remember this, and sometimes the wisest thing you can say is nothing at all. Your words have the power of life and death. 
Let's pursue wisdom with our words this year. In time. Pursue wisdom with our time. Ephesians 5, verse 15 and 16 say this. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. We're going to have lots of options and opportunities this year. Different choices to make, decisions to make, different opportunities to respond to. Some will be really good and exciting and others not so much. But let's be honest, when we're deciding between a lot of good options, we can't do everything well. So let's learn to be wise with our time. Let's learn to prioritize things in our life in order to live in wisdom. Make the most of each day. Make the most of each moment by prioritizing what's important in life. Let's pursue wisdom in how we spend our time this year. And as I head to our closing, uh, how many of you guys wear contacts or glasses? You may, I, I wear contacts. These are my glasses. I think they're a little crooked because the only time I wear these are sleeping, which I don't even know why I wear them then because I'm sleeping. Um, but glasses, contacts, blurry vision, what does this have to do with wisdom? Well, I think living with wisdom is like living with glasses. It's like glasses or contacts to someone who has blurry vision. Without the assistance, I'd be running into everything in here. I wouldn't know who you are standing on this stage. Maybe the front row here. You always know who Paul is, biggest guy in the room, right? But you know what I'm saying. Life would be blurry. Life lacks detail. Life lacks, it, it would just be dull. You wouldn't know where to take your next step. You wouldn't know what you're walking into. But wisdom is like glasses. Wisdom is like contacts. This lens to look through in order to see life clearly, in order to see life with its full meaning and purpose. To find clarity in life, in your relationships, in the words you use and in, the, in how you spend your time, seek wisdom this year. Seek wisdom so that you can live the full life that God has for you. He says in John 10, 10, that I have come to give you life and life abundant. That abundant life has a lot to do with wisdom. But finally, how do we get wisdom? How do we obtain what God is trying to give us? Well, we have to remember that it comes from the Lord. It's all founded in the Lord. James 1, 5 says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. So let me close our time this morning with a prayer by Kent Hughes regarding our passage in James. So let's pray. Our only wise God, we pray that you will make us pure in our moral lives and in the purity of our devotion to you. With all our hearts, we desire this first name characteristic of wisdom, the foundational element of wisdom from above. We pray that you will further fill us with heaven's wisdom, making us peaceable. Give us your shalom and help us promote peace with our brothers and sisters. God, we entreat you to make us gentle so we will make allowances for the weaknesses of others 
and will be reasonable and kind in all of our dealings with difficult people. Make us open to reason so we will submit to reason, abandon unthinking stubbornness and be open to the changing of our minds when we are wrong. Lord, heaven's wisdom is full of mercy and good fruits, compassion that brings merciful action. Help us to go beyond pity and sentiment so that we do merciful acts becoming the hands of Christ. Grant us wisdom to be impartial, unwavering in respect to biblical principles so our lives will exude fairness. Finally, make us sincere, clear-eyed, honest, and forthright so others will perceive the wisdom of Christ in us. Lord, give us wisdom from heaven. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.